Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 158 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your faithfulness to us. May we find the message you have for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. We start the Gospel of John today. The book of John is different than the other three Gospels. There are no parables in this book. He doesn't list all the miracles the other Gospels do either. But this is a profound book that is often used to guide people to Christ. The word believe, as in believing in Christ, is used 98 times in this book. So let's look to grow in belief as we read this book again. Let's see what John writes about in this first chapter. He writes about the beginning of time where Christ was the word and he was present with God. John refers to Jesus as life and the light of men, a light that shines in the darkness, which will never be overtaken by darkness. John the Baptist was born. And in verse seven, we see the first reference to believe. John the Baptist was sent to be a witness to the light so people would believe in him. His own people did not receive him. Verse 12 says, to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, power, privilege, right to become the children of God. That is to those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Verse 16 says that because of Jesus, we receive one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Let us be thankful today for an abundance of grace, spiritual blessings, favor, and gifts. We are truly blessed. Verse 18 says, no man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique son or the only begotten God who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the father. He has declared him. He has revealed him and brought him out where he can be seen. He has interpreted him and he has made him known. The rest of the chapter, we read about those who are discovering who he was. In this gospel, John the Baptist didn't recognize Jesus until he baptized him and saw the Holy Spirit like a dove descend upon him. Then he knew he was the true Christ and he told others. Simon's brother Andrew heard John and immediately started following Jesus. Then he went to find Simon and brought him to Jesus who renamed him immediately as Peter, which is translated to mean stone. Philip was the next disciple to be called. Lastly, in verse 50, we see the word believe again. Let's see if we can keep count. This is the second time we see believe. Well, let's see what John sees in his vision in Revelation chapter 9. First, please know there are different views of this chapter and the entire book. I'm putting a reference in the Facebook group that I recommend reading. It's short, but very helpful in trying to understand the various viewpoints and therefore the different interpretations of them. There are those who think some of the events have taken place already. Some who think they will take place in the future. Some who think most of this book is metaphorical in nature and describe the never-ending battle between good and evil. Lastly, there are some who think the acts in Revelation are continually unfolding and will until the end of time as we know it. I won't provide an interpretation of this book, but I will provide some thoughts about how we can look at the vision John had and apply it to our lives today. There is nothing we can do about the events in the future. We only have today. 
Secondly, we're going to start with the end of the chapter. Verse 20 says, And the rest of humanity who were not killed by these plagues even then did not repent of the worship of the works of their own hands, so as to cease paying homage to the demons and idols of gold and silver, bronze and stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor move. Even with all the evil things sent to this world, people did not repent and seek God. They sought after what was physical instead of spiritual. Let this be a lesson we take from this chapter and seek the Lord instead of the world. Next, there is alignment with the fallen angel in verse 1, and this is Satan. He is the one who sent the smoke that released the dreadful locusts. They couldn't injure the earth or the ones who had the seal on their foreheads. These were the 144,000 set apart for God. The rest of the people they could torment. There's controversy about whether it was physical torment or spiritual. Either way, the torment was unbearable. The locusts looked royal with golden crowns on their head. But this is where we see the enemy as a deceiver who ultimately is the destroyer. They may look good and kingly in the beginning, but their tails were like scorpions with stings. The Amplified Bible defines the name Abaddon as destruction in Hebrew and destroyer in Greek. Let us be wary of things that look too good to be true and things that have the ability to deceive. The promise of fortune, fame, and the like. We can pray for discernment and wisdom every day. We can pray the Lord leads us away from temptation every day. And we can proclaim and profess the name and blood of Jesus over our lives. These are things we can do to combat the enemy. Then we read about the four enemies who were allowed to destroy a third of mankind. Their army was 200 million strong. Fire, smoke, and brimstone were their battle weapons. Let me say here that the Lord is in control and has already won the battle. We know this and we can stand on this. As we are part of his royal kingdom, he will ultimately save our souls from destruction. Let us lean into him and his promises. Jesus told us to not be concerned about that which can kill the body, but just the one who can kill our soul. This is a great time in our journey to be reading the gospel of John as we combat the enemy with our belief in Christ. Simply believe. Well, let's see what's happening in 2 Kings chapter 7. Remember, we read about the famine in Israel yesterday. Well, today they would inherit great wealth and food, just as Elisha said would happen. God made the Syrians hear a noise that sounded like chariots, and they supposed the Israelites had banded together with the Hittites and Egyptians. So they fled, leaving everything behind. Four lepers found that everything and went to tell the king. He sent some men to see if it was true, and indeed it was. God took care of his people then, and he will take care of us now. It looked extremely bleak for them a day ago so much so that they were acting as more than desperate people. But God delivered them, and he will deliver us as well. In chapter 8, we read about the woman who Elisha had done the miracle, bringing back her son from the dead. Elisha told her there would be a seven-year famine and to go somewhere else for a time. She did, and when the famine was over, her property had been taken over by someone else. She went to the king to obtain her land back. He spoke with Elisha's servant and was told exactly as it happened, and she was restored to her land. She was also awarded back pay, as we would call it. The king decreed she be given everything the land produced since she left it. Then we read that the king of Syria, Ben-Hadid, was sick. He sent Haziel to Elisha to ask if he would live. Elisha told him to tell the king he would live, but Elisha saw his death. Haziel went back to tell the king he would live, and then he killed him. When Haziel was with Elisha, Elisha saw a vision that Haziel would destroy the Israelites when he was king. Haziel defended himself, but we will see what happens in the future. Let's see what King Solomon advises us today in Proverbs chapter 8. Solomon shares some amazing wisdom in this chapter. First, wisdom from God is more precious than silver, gold, or any jewels. In fact, he advises us to prefer it. 
Wisdom has counsel, knowledge, understanding, might, and power. She loves those who love her. Verse 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me early and diligently shall find me. Let us seek wisdom, my friend. Wisdom causes those who love her to inherit true riches. Then Solomon tells us wisdom was with God before he ever formed the earth. Verses 34 and 35 say, Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me, wisdom, finds life and draws forth and obtains favor from the Lord. Let us seek wisdom. Jesus told us to seek and we will find. Let us not stop searching. For those who don't find wisdom, they injure themselves. And I found this to be true in my life. Following God in his ways leads to life. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that teaches us more about you, your ways and your wisdom. Father, we pray you impart more wisdom into our hearts and minds. Help us lean into you and follow you. Help us be obedient to you. Don't let us wander off on our own path, but light the path we are to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.